is going on, baseball fans? Welcome to episode five of season two of This Week in Baseball, presented by Diamond Digest. I am your host, Jordan Lazowski. I don't remember how to count, and it really doesn't matter, because the rest of this crew is going to be doing most of the talking tonight, and we've got another wonderful one for you. Callie Sai making her return to This Week in Baseball, along with Joey Bully and that guy over there, Scott Bentley. How are we doing tonight, everybody? I finally return. I'm going to make yeah. that my Twitter name, that guy over there. That guy over there. <laughs> the guy I unfortunately have to deal with as the Detroit Tigers fan, but it's all good. Your whole fan base would agree with that thing. <laughs> oh, boy, would they. Yeah, None not, of them not like a, me. Not a ton of people love you. I, <laughs> not I, I not a very popular you. guy in the yeah. Sox Twitter world. I, I will not say, a very popular I, guy. I'm a big Scott Bentley fan. Well, I, watch all the, I watch all the B-Man, B-Man game recaps. They, they are glad. enjoyable. I will say that. I'm glad. But, yeah, it's nice to have all of you on. It's nice to be back doing this. And we got a great show as usual for everybody. We'll do our usual opening. I'll give you the standings update. But I'll mostly turn it over to these this this crew to I'm, – I'm doing great tonight. This crew to give their 60-second recap of what happened around the league this week. And then we'll jump into seventh inning stretch, which if you're a longtime listener, which we hope you are, it's getting some revamps and some updates tonight where if you thought I had en- le- enough power before, I found a way to give myself more, <laughs> believe it or not. But let's not delay any further. We've got a packed episode. If the season ended today, here's what the standings would look like. In the AL, the East would be won by the Boston Red Sox. The AL Central, the White Sox have found themselves at the top of the division. And the Athletics. Would win the team out, or would win the division out in the AL West. Your two wild card teams would be the Indians, and then a tie between the Yankees and the Astros currently. Over in the National League, a week after kind of writing off the New York Mets, we find them in first place, even after the rough start they've been going through. The St. Louis Cardinals lead the NL Central, and shockingly, the San Francisco Giants lead the NL West with your two wildcard teams out there being the Brewers and the Padres. Yes, the Dodgers at current do not find themselves in the playoff picture after their crazy start. Now, I will turn it over to the crew here. I'll let you guys kind of give your initial reactions to these standings, anything you've kind of seen over this week. I think for me, the biggest thing, like it was last week, is what's up with the Giants out in the NL West? (laughs) I mean, they shove last. That's That's all it is. (laughs) <laughs> and Brandon I mean, Crawford is ridiculous with the bat and in their age. Yeah, yeah, no, that's certainly fair. They they've had a a pretty hot stretch here, but I don't know if I'd expect them to keep that. They're just always a team. Maybe this is just like the the negative bias in me, but like they're just always a team that that like year in and year out. Out of the one year that that they got Bart. Um, Mm -hmm. they're really just a team, no matter what their roster is, like they're going to play, like they're going to show up every day. Like that's, that's never going to be a, a, an easy win if you're an opponent, regardless of what that roster looks like. And I, while I don't expect it to, to remain that way, I, I could definitely see them causing a lot more problems than I think people realize coming into the year. Yeah. And even, even 2019, they sort of had that, uh, that late sort of push almost to the playoffs there. Um, they, they didn't quite get there, but they had a, they definitely had some fight in them. 
even after people wrote them off. So it'll be interesting to see see how that shakes out. Gosman, their uh, offseason works done really well. Gosman, he's been really good for them. He's arguably been their ace. Letting mm-hmm. Smiley go proved to be a smart decision. Notable non-White Sox Gosman, by the way. For, for now. And <laughs> if, the, if the Giants keep this up, I don't think it's going to be notable. <laughs> it's, it's going to continue to be notable, not White Sox. Um, unfortunately so, but. Yeah, he was one of the ones where I'm like, all right, playoff push, just go grab him from the Giants. But you know, if you're doing something right to keep the Giant or excuse me, keep the Dodgers out of the playoff picture, like I, I wouldn't yeah, necessarily change too much. Everybody. They've been what? The Dodgers, that that's all that's been keeping them down injuries. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, they're still two and a half games out. It's not like they're dead in the water by any means, but there's certainly a team when you look at it, it's like we had been talking about them at, at the start of the season, at least, you know, breaking the all time season win record and, and what kind of pace they were on for that. And now all of a sudden we're a month, little over a month in and we're talking about them not in the playoff picture. So the, the volatility of baseball continues to reign supreme, I think is the big key there. Elsewhere. I mean, you're, you're starting to see some norms returning. I think, you expected the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves kind of battle out for the NL East. Yankees continue to ascend. The Red Sox surprisingly still in it. The Royals starting to slide down the AL Central. And the Athletics and Astros kind of finding themselves at the top. Angels, though, at 15 and 18. I think that's another surprise, too. No, it isn't. All right, Cal's going to disagree <laughs> with me. That, that, the A's fan, I mean, Cali, won't agree with me on that one, but... Being being below the Rangers and Mariners is definitely a surprise. But right. yeah, um, I was just gonna say I think the biggest surprise in that division uh, is the tech is the Rangers not being ten games below five hundred already. But yeah, there's there's four teams that are five hundred better in that division. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. definitely wild. Um yeah, and I think the for the central, I think uh like you said, the Royals starting to slide. I think we kinda all Saw it coming again. Maybe right. that's the reverse bias in me, but like, I feel like we all kind of knew. Um, the twins is obviously a big one. I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that plenty. Uh, and then, and then, I mean, Cleveland. I mean, you know, credit where credits due. That offense is is just absolutely putrid. But uh, that pitching <laughs> staff is is keeping them around. And that I I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll talk about it later. I'm sure, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually put together a pretty pretty decent season. They're one of those frustrating teams where it's like you, you can't necessarily write them out as much as you want to because it, it seems like every day they find someone else new to kind of bolster that pitching staff and keep them in it. And, well, they're sitting at 18 and 14. When is the seven in the last 10? Jordan Lopstow is going to have an MVP campaign. Wow. <laughs> That's a take. He, he's, he's having a rough stretch here, ending a couple no-hitters, but uh, – other than hey, that, he learns how to. Hey, he's gonna figure, and he's gonna figure it out. He's gonna be good. That's some positivity from you. I, I, I don't know where that's necessarily coming <laughs> from, but I, I think the overall arching theme here is, you know, the, the volatility continues. No one's really pulling away from the pack anywhere. I think the Boston Red Sox probably the closest surprise in all of that. No one's pulling away yet. Um, makes for some entertaining baseball, but. Let's jump into Around the League in 60 Seconds. That means each of you will get to tell me and the rest of the crew, as well as anyone listening, 
you know, what are the main highlights from around the league this week? What are things you want to highlight before we get into seventh inning stretch? We will start with the one who started this show back in the day, Callie Sai. Give us your 60-second recap for this week. Seth Brown, he's finally getting playing time, and he's showing why he deserves it. He walked off the Rays uh, a few days ago. Uh, he hit a home run off of Tyler Glasnow uh, a couple days ago. He continued his hot streak in that game by driving in a few more runs with a single. He's just an all-around excellent player. He plays good defense. He's got decent speed on the base paths. He's got a really good left-handed bat with a lot of pop in it. He hit 35 home runs or something around that back in 2019 in the AAA, and he's shown that he can hit like that in the majors. He's finally getting the opportunity to play over er, uh, Piscotty, especially now that Chad Pinder, he's injured. He's getting the opportunity, and he's really shown that he deserves to take that right field spot full time. Callie here is around the league in 60 seconds and tells me, Jordan, the Oakland A's are my league. (laughs) Scott, what you got? Uh, I think so. I kind of touched on it in uh, before that in that roundup there. But the, one of the biggest uh, things for me is is the Cleveland baseball team. They've been really one of the the most highlighted or one of the most intriguing teams for me. Just because hey, I'm a I'm a team I'm a fan of a team in the AL Central. But um, just the 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 way that that division's shaping out is is at you know no disrespect, but also all the disrespect. Like Cleveland might win the division with a team they didn't want like Cleveland literally traded away all their best players and like well like their best player I should say they still have J-Ram and stuff but but they they literally like didn't want this team they they like actively tried to make this roster worse and and might just like stumble into to a division lead because I, I don't see Kansas City maintaining theirs uh Chicago I think is the biggest threat I'm not saying they won't win it, but it's just interesting to me that the the outlook of the AL Central and specifically Cleveland is just mind-boggling to me. And then the other big one is just how historically horrible the Detroit Tigers are five years into a rebuild. Um, we are at a negative 68 run differential, and the next worst team is negative 30. So we have almost a 40-run advantage, disadvantage, I guess. <laughs> On the on the next closest team and run differential, we just hit double digit wins yesterday. We were the fir- we were the last remaining team uh, to 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 reach double digit wins. We just got there yesterday. Um, yeah, it's it's really embarrassing to be honest. How with half a decade into a rebuild, the White Sox and Cubs and Astros all tore tore theirs down and built it back up again in the time that we've just been a last place team. So it's it's honestly really embarrassing, and I have no idea why. Uh, this front office, anybody in the front office still has a job. Yeah, I mean, biggest thing there is that y- you you slowly see the pieces coming together, but it's taking forever for them to get there. Which is yeah, it's, it's just, it's, 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 I could, I don't want to get too upset because I could just keep <laughs> going, but like, it's like, like my, my little sister that, that knows nothing about baseball could intentionally lose 115 games and take the wall every year. That's not. That's all we've done for five years. We haven't made any trades. We have no outside of Scooble. We have no people drafted out of the first round. Like it's not hard to do what they're doing, and it's a complete failure for sure. 
Well, I won't I won't push you any harder as the White Sox <laughs> fan on here. Yeah. I, I know where you've been. Trust me. I know where you've been. Joey, what you got? Yeah, so basically this week for me was all about pitching performances. Obviously, we had the two no-hitters with Means mm-hmm. and Wade Miley, who, who, who thought he was going to throw a no-hitter ever, but <laughs> certainly not me. Um, but even outside of that, like Max Scherzer in two games this week through 16 to third innings, 23 strikeouts, one walk, 14 of those strikeouts coming Saturday against the Yankees. And then you've got other guys who had great games too. Plesak pitched well. Um, Dane Dunning had 10 strikeouts on Sunday. Um, I mean, we're just getting all sorts of performances from guys that you wouldn't necessarily even expect it from. Like, this isn't Shane Bieber. Uh, obviously, Max Scherzer is a guy you'd expect it from. Um, but, like, Zach Eflin absolutely shoved this week. Um, and Brandon Woodruff, obviously, very good pitcher, but always under the radar, always under the radar. So I just wanted to give some of those guys a little shout-out. Um, even Taiwan Walker, too, pitched super well this week. And Adrian Hauser pitching well and hitting a home run. I always love to see that. I, I think it's becoming a theme, a very clear theme. Every time we do this and we talk about the recap and we talk through seventh-inning stretch and what we're watching next week, it feels like everything's pitching based. It's like, here's the next pitcher who's been a stud this year. Oh, and guess what? We're talking about another no-hitter. We've had five episodes of this, and I think four of them were talking about no-hitters. Like, this has truly been one of the craziest starts in terms of pitching that we've seen in a while, and it continues to show up every single week we talk through this. It's Joey this week. It'll be someone new next week. It's, it's something different every time, and, you know, for a league that's been trying to – figure out a way to add some offense into the game, it seems like at every step, pitchers have thwarted those efforts as much as they can, of course. But I, I think you kind of hit on it. You all kind of hit on it. It's, it's pitchers. It's teams that are in races because of pitchers. It's been that sort of start to the year. Um, and I'm interested to see where it goes. But let us move into seventh inning stretch. And usually what we do here is there's seven questions. I award one point for each question based on answers. I decided one point wasn't enough. We've got a scoreboard. I can add or subtract as many points as I want as you're making your arguments for this. Same deal, though. Seven questions. Everyone's going to get to go here. We got a lot to talk about, whether it's no hitters or the twins or knowledge of rules. We got everything going here. So let's not delay. Hopefully you get to watch this uh, because it's fun watching the scoreboard go up and down, I'm sure. But we're going to have some fun with this. So let's jump right into it. Seventh inning stretch, inning one. This week, as Joey mentioned, we did see two pitchers throw no hitters. John Means of the Orioles and Wade Miley of the Reds. A multi-part question, which no hitter was more impressive? Who throws the next one, which you will all inevitably get wrong? And what's up with all the no-hitters this year? And a bonus question here. Your thoughts on drop third strikes, considering John Means's perfect game was ruined by a drop third strike. We will start with Scott. Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> so, um, first off, the drop third strike rule, um, I don't have a problem with it i don't think i know that it was uh obviously like you said it was a big thing 
uh, this past week because that that cost someone a perfect game. But um, I honestly, I think it has a place in the game. I think it has a use. Uh, and and the only reason that anyone I, like growing up, you, you know, I, I never heard anybody complaining about the drop third strike rule and how stupid it was. It's just that a perfect game was kind of ruined for it. So obviously that that uh, that sucks. But um, I, I still think that it's a it's a valuable rule. And, and sure, the next no hitter is going to be Spencer Turnbull. That's easy. Um, <laughs> top 20 pitcher in baseball, by the way. Uh, so the more impressive one, um, I think I'm going to go with Wade Miley. Like, I, like the means one, I, I like, I, it was, was pretty much a perfect game. So like, it's, it, I know that that's not going to be like a popular take, but like Wade Miley's pace was ridiculous. Like, and, and I know that that's not even like, oh, that means he was better or whatever, but it was just fun. He literally like. Like it was catch, set, wind up, throw. It was, it was honestly, it was pretty wild to watch. Um, and then, like the thing after the game, like why, like you know, how the hell did you throw a no hitter? Oh, I had like the Hulk, like tattoo thing from his son. Like that was adorable, and also means nothing to how impressive it was. But I don't care. Um, so, yeah, I think is that answering everything? Yeah, Spencer Turnbull. That should win me the round, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, so there you go. Spencer Turnbull, you know, your propaganda towards him has been helpful for me as I have him on multiple fantasy teams. So you, you can have the extra points there for that. Thank Joey, you. what you got? Uh, yeah, so my thoughts on the drop third strike rule are actually pretty similar to Scott's. I think that, you know, obviously baseball is a team game. So everybody needs to do their job in order for things to go well. The pitcher throws the ball, the catcher catches the ball. It's in, you know, the name of his job. And if he can't catch the ball then, you know, there does, he deserves to have repercussions for that. I, I acknowledge the argument like, oh, the pitch is so bad that, you know, the catcher couldn't even catch it when this batter swung and missed on it. To me, that just means it could have been super filthy. So, um, you know, that, 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 that's my thoughts on the, on the drop third strike rule. Um, as for which no hitter was more impressive, I, I just have to go with John. I mean, he was absolutely, he was dominant. I mean, he made the Mariners look like, you know, bad hitters, which, you know, they probably are at the major league level, but you know, he just made them look completely clueless at the plate. His changeup is just absolutely mystifying. It's got one of the best run values in baseball. Um, but I do have to credit Wade Miley for starting that game. I think it was like an 83 minute rain delay. I have to give him credit for, you know, staying ready, staying mentally focused and going out there and shutting down another bad offense, which seems to be a theme with the no hitters this year and last year. Um, and also, I think I'm right with this, but I think it's going to be Trevor Rogers throwing the next no-hitter uh, for the Marlins. He's, he's off to a really hot start. His stuff is disgusting. He's been a top 100 guy um, prospect-wise, and, I mean, he just is so fun to watch. So Trevor Rogers, my pick, is definitely right, and you know, I, I just don't know who else it would be. Trevor Rogers is actually a great pick there. I'll be honest. Scott will tell you it's Spencer Turnbull. <laughs> <laughs> Callie, what you got? Baseball is a game of push and pull. If you're doing something, you have to be willing to take the risk of something else happening. If you choke up on the bat, you have to accept uh, less potential for hitting a home run. And if you throw a pitch way outside the strike zone in order to try and get a swing and miss, you have to be ready to try and block it or accept the repercussions of it 
of the of it being a passed or wild pitch and the batter being able to get to third base or first base. As for which start is more impressive, which start left a bigger impression on me? It's got to be Wade Miley, and it's because it, and it's not leaving an impression in a good way. When I see Wade Miley is throwing no hitters, that tells me something. Hey, something's gone wrong. The league needs to the league overcorrected with the ball. They need to change something. I saw a stat that said uh, it was something like Miley only threw 70, 70, only threw seven pitches above ninety miles per hour and is no hitter. That cannot happen in this day and age. Something's gone horribly wrong with this offensive environment, and it needs to be counteracted. I would not be surprised if the league overreacts and brings back the old ball after the All-Star break. As for who's going to throw the next no-hitter, there are two names going around in my head, but I'm only going to choose one. Christian Javier, and I say that because the A's offense, it's prone to having some very easy outs in it. If uh, you got Elvis Andrus, who has a WRC plus of 25 last I checked, you got Vimeo Machit, who can fill in at second or shortstop if Andrus isn't up to it. And he has an and he has a WRC plus of negative 10 last I checked. Add in Tony Kemp, whose career on base percentage is hovering around 300, and they can line up three very easy outs for you. And they're gonna and the Astros they're setting up to play a three game series against the A's real soon. So that'll be one to watch. That'll be something to see if Javier can do it because he's a very good pitcher. And that uh, that A's offense grounds cold. We're we're getting better at guessing these, I think, because we're starting to get closer and closer to more random names. Not that Trevor Bauer and Christian Javier are necessarily random names, but we're doing better. Okay, really? Spencer Turnbull. Whatever. Thank you. Yeah. We're 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 getting we're getting better than picking aces at the staff like we did the first week. Um, so I appreciate those answers. After yeah, question it's, one, it's so random a White Sox can do it. You know what? I like this new game. After Just went round from first one, to last. That's yeah, great. Scott had eight points. He now has five. <laughs> Kelly in the lead with eight. Joey with seven after question one. Here we go. Inning two. The Angels announced this week that Albert Pujols was designated for assignment. Come, uh, Pretty shocking news, to be honest. Just the time of day in which it happened, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Is it that surprising of a move, though? Was the timing right? As I mentioned, it was a little random. And will Pujols get picked up by another team, or have we seen the last of this surefire Hall of Famer? We will start with the leader, Kelly. You say join another team. You never specified it had to be an MLB team. Pools <laughs> is going to go international, no doubt, whether it be KBO, Japan, Australia, pull a Hanley Ramirez, maybe the Mexican leagues. It's going to happen. He's just too big of a name. He just has too much pride, too much passion for the sport for it to not happen. As for if the time was right, just look at his numbers and you know it was way overdue, especially with guys like... Uh, jo- <sighs> with the guy they have playing first base right now, I forget Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh. <laughs> Kept thinking Tyler Ward. My bad. Uh, Jared Walsh. He's great. The A's. Have, or the Angels have had guys that could play ahead of Pujols, but didn't 
because Pujols was just too big a name, too much pride to not sit on the bench. If you read the news, that's what got him kicked off. He was released. He wasn't willing to be a bench player. And I think it's, you know, he earned the right to not want to be a bench player due to what he did with St. Louis. It's actually a good point you bring up. It's being a bench player was kind of what, what led to this. Scott. Uh, so Callie used the words um, like how much passion and pride he still has for the game. I call it delusion. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. This is so far overdue. Uh, he literally said out lo- like out loud to the world if if he wasn't playing at a major league level before at any point in his Angels contract, he would retire early. He had like a negative two war in a full season like three years ago, bro. What are we doing? Like he is so – it's not like – it's not like, oh, this is uh, – this is – and the people that are like, oh, like the, the Angels did him a disservice. They didn't give him the graceful exit. He didn't give himself a graceful exit. I'm not saying it's his fault. People get old. People, people decline. That's just how it works. But like – you're not going to give a, a a dude who's like WRC plus is the same as like I, I don't know pick a tiger like that's not good bro <laughs> like it's it's not it's not impressive it's not good and and it's in the, the all these reports now coming out about how he uh how he like like is is going after Madden because he wasn't in the lineup and he still thinks he's an everyday player and like whatever like it, it's not it's not Oh, like I was so good 10 years ago. You have to give me my due or whatever. Like he has been just downright bad for half of that contract. Like the last half of that contract, it's, it's, it's not passion or pride. It's complete, just oblivion. That that's what it is. Joey. Yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty much the same. I, I feel closer to Scott than Cali on this one. I mean, the man simply cannot hit a baseball anymore. He he, he was good when he was in St. Louis. He had like 88 WAR over you know 10 years or whatever. And then since he got to Los Angeles, he has like 13. Um, so sorry to Anaheim. Um, I know there's some people that care a lot about that, not me, but I know there are some people that do. Um, but yeah, the man simply cannot play the game baseball anymore. Um, it, I guess I'm a little bit surprised because I, I figured that they'd find some way to get him to the end of this contract, like a David Ortiz kind of, you know, farewell tour in the last half of the season. Um, but, you know, he obviously didn't want that for himself. So I, I don't really feel bad for him. Um, as for if he's going to go to another team, um, I mean, I can see like the Marlins or the Orioles or, you know, a very bad team who could use, you know, 10 home runs over the rest of the year, maybe, and a couple of dollars and, you know, some some people coming out to see old man poo holes before he finally hangs him up, um, or either that or he'll go to the Rays and he'll be you know an all star next year. So it, it's one of the two. There's no in between. Um, but I also like uh, I also like the idea of him playing internationally. That's actually a very good point. I was just really worried that as soon as he got released, I'm like, oh my god, he's coming to the White Sox. <laughs> oh, it's happening. Yeah. I, honestly, only, that would—that's too good to be true. There's no way it happens. The Looking only reason on for him. The <laughs> only reason I don't think it happens is because Tony Larissa himself said he doesn't have a place on this team. Like if Rick yeah. Hahn said it, or heck, even Jerry said it. Like 
<laughs> I, I would not. Already. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, it's a done deal. Like he's on yeah. the south side. It's he's playing center field tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think you all kind of hit on some good points. It's yeah, he kind of has earned his way out of that contract by wanting to be a starting player. Like if you were willing to go gracefully and accept your at bats, take your little tour like Ortiz did. That's one thing. If you're demanding starting time and you're hitting like you were (laughs) and you're a liability in the field, like that, that's not going to, you don't get to continue to play just because of the pedigree. Uh, So I kind of agree with all of you. But it's not like the angels are going to compete this year. Well, if you have if you have aspirations to compete, like you, you have to make moves as if you're going to compete. I actually commend them for doing that in the Ed sense. Yeah, if you much, have aspirations to compete, off. right? They're um, much better off getting Jared Walsh a couple hundred plate appearances here than right. So it's mu- it's so much more valuable. It's it's yeah. like seriously, War doesn't do it justice. How how much more valuable he's going to be at first base than Poole defensively, offense, right. everything. And literally everything. So, I mean, as long as you're coming into the season, Kane, we want to compete. That's great. Then you got to do, you got to make moves that align with that. And I think that's certainly one of them for the angels. Inning three, the struggling Mets fired Chili Davis this week as the Mets ranked 25th in team hitting, according to Fangraphs. Is this just a scapegoat situation for a team struggling offensively early? Granted, they are 16 and 13. Were the Mets potentially overrated, even though they are above 500? Or do you believe that a change in voice will actually help turn the Mets' offense around? We will start with Joey. Yeah, so uh, as a Nats fan, I actually have an interesting perspective on the Mets, I think, because it feels like either the, the, the Nats go out and score like 15 to 20 runs against them or they score zero. Um, that being said, uh, the Mets are probably the worst team I've ever seen for all the talent that they have. I mean, come on. Francisco Lindor, he can't hit right now. Nimmo is an on-base god. I mean, uh, Dom Smith is, is a 130 WRC true talent guy. J.D. Davis is a good hitter. Jeff McNeil is, you know, kind of more of an average old-fashioned contact guy. Um, but he's still a good hitter. Um, but the thing is that Chili Davis is sort of – he's I, what I wrote in my notes here is that he's a relic of a bygone era. He is one of these, these old-fashioned hitting coaches that preaches contact, situational hitting. And I will admit there's absolutely a place for that in today's game. But when you, you know, when you preach going to the opposite field and forfeit – barrels because of that then that's where because of that that's where it becomes a problem they have the highest oppo percentage and the lowest pull percentage in the entire league um which i think is undoubtedly a factor of that philosophy um so i think that maybe another guy coming in here maybe a a little more in tune with with the analytics today and also would be a guy that that has actually come in under the steve cohen uh luis rojas regime julie davis is from uh, um, he who should not be named current pitching coach of the Anaheim Angels administration in, in New York. So um, that that's my take on that. I think that they could benefit greatly from from a little bit more um, advanced advanced embracing the metrics. Callie? A wise man once said, I don't know the exact quote, but he said that <laughs> pitching coaches are the easiest thing, are the easiest coach to fire because nobody knows anything about hitting. 
he, Chili Davis, he wasn't a scapegoat. He was either a scape route or a scape raccoon. That offense is too talented to not be good. And I think it's just a, a result of, of a short early season so far. I mean, Lindor, he's a perennial MVP candidate. Nimmo, like Joey said, he's great. Dom Smith has another good hitter. JD, it's a lineup full of good hitters, and their recent underperformance is not due to any pitching coach. It's due to the small sample size of the early season. No, no hitting coach is going to have a major effect on your player's talent level, and to pin all your hitting woes on them is foolish. Now they can change some stuff. Like Joey said, I do think that the awful percentage is and the lack of pull is something that needs to be changed. But your hitting coach isn't going to take you from a 90 WRC plus to a 110 WRC plus. If it's going to make a change at all, it's going to be a five point change at most. Real quick, quick, can we get a definition on scape raccoon? <laughs> so I believe that was a reference to. Francisco Lindor's the, expl- the explanation for the argument that he and Jeff oh, McNeil were seen having. Okay. That was a very good, it was a very good reference. Good. I love that's a very good reference. There. I like that, that a lot. That's why we have this new system that deserves bonus points. Scott. Yeah, I think I I think it's uh it's absolutely a scapegoat. I, I don't um first off, yes, that they've had many offensive struggles. I'm not gonna say, you know, they're not, but um, like they're still winning their division. <laughs> like, uh, are they overrated? Um, I, I mean, if I don't know, I, I don't think so. I don't think too many people looked at that Mets roster and was like, oh, a hundred win team. But I think most of them thought they were going to be a, a low to mid nineties win team that probably competed for, if not won that division. And I think that they're still very much on track to do that. Um, I don't know. I, like, I, I really do think it's a, it's a total scapegoat, but I, I completely agree with Callie in the sense that uh, a hitting coach – look, man, I, I promise you, I am the – if you want to ask someone if hitting coaches matter, no, they freaking don't. Like, I promise you, bro. Like, it is – like, do, you know, if, if, you're, if you're trying to develop people and certain people, uh, certain players – fit a certain development style better than others like sure that's that's totally fair and and you can you can kind of go through different people with that but but if you think a hitting coach is going to take you from from like a bottom of the league offense to to like a top of the league offense you're tripping and and if they do do that it's not because of the hitting coach it's just because we're we're 2 months into the season and we still have 100 and whatever games to play. It's not going to be because of the hitting coach. Like it's just going to be because that level water found its level. Like that that's really all there is to it. So yes, absolutely a scapegoat. Um and and I feel bad cuz Chili Davis like top 5 name in baseball history. Yeah, I, I think when when you start talking about coaches, the pitching coach ends up being the first to go, or the or hitting coach ends up being the first to go. One of those two, and it's like at the end of the day, if you're not executing, no matter what they're telling you, it, it really doesn't matter. So, we'll see if the Angels can turn it around. Um, again, they're sixteen and thirteen. We talk like they need to turn something around. They're still finding ways to win ball games, uh, and that's what's important at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. No coach could make the White Sox win the Central. Like, that's just, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, come on, Scott. You shoot yourself in the foot here. Scott has lost it's himself worth, like seven times. <laughs> Inning four with Joey and Callie tied for the lead currently. Hmm. We'll see what the answers are on this one. This week, Tony LaRusso <laughs> was in headlines again. I can't believe I write these things. <laughs> After not knowing the complete rules surrounding the runner on second to start extra innings, just some extra context here. If the pitcher is the runner at second base, you are allowed to have the batter in the lineup before the pitcher spot run for the pitcher instead. That is the part of the rule LaRusa and staff did not know. Is this a situation where people are just piling on LaRusa simply because they do not like him because shouldn't the entire staff know the rule? Or is this just another example of legitimate concern about LaRusa's role in the game today? I don't know why. I'm starting with him. Yep. Scott, here <laughs> yeah, we go. Do it. A good do choice. It. A really good choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this, this hire has been hilarious since the second it happened. It has been absolutely hysterical since the day that it happened. And it's really the gift that keeps on giving, honestly. It really just doesn't stop being hilarious. And this is just the latest uh, act in this beautiful play that we're going to be able to witness until he retires, uh, which not, truly could be never. He could be banning this team from his grave for all I know. Um, uh, it, it's it's truly hysterical. And and uh, uh, my favorite part, my favorite, this is true, Laz, this is truly my favorite part, was – Within the website, right, we have a big group chat. And obviously, anytime LaRusa's name is in the national headlines, I make sure everyone is aware, okay? And a couple of other White Sox writers for this website, this beautiful group of, of, of men and women we have, uh, all the White Sox writers were saying that no one knew the rule, and that and asked me after I made it clear, like, hey, look how stupid this dude is, and, and he shouldn't be managing a team. And he literally came out of Cooperstown to manage this team. And they're like, Did you know the rule? And I was like, No. And they said, Okay, then why are you talking? Well, because see, I don't get paid millions of dollars to manage a baseball team. I don't know if you knew that about me. I might have been keeping it a secret with all my knowledge that I just pour out, but it's true. I actually am not a manager. I know it seems that way again with how smart I am, but I'm not, unfortunately. So I, I didn't know the rule uh, because I, I, I'm not in his position. And I would like to think that if that if someone handed over millions of dollars a year to run a baseball club, that, that you would be freshened up on said rules. And that even if he didn't know, somebody in there was letting him know, like, loud enough where he could hear, which is also a problem. Like, hey, you know, this is a rule and this is a thing. So I, that that's where I stand. I write these write-ups, too. <laughs> I put this oh, on yes, a tee for you. it's a legitimate you. concern, by the way. I didn't really uh, answer the question. Really? Yeah. It's a legitimate concern. I wasn't <laughs> sure that you thought that. Joey. Yeah, um, there are a lot of legitimate concerns about Tony LaRusso. I think Scott did a pretty good job of outlining most of those. Um, but really, this is just like another manifestation of his either his unwillingness or his inability to adapt to a changing game. 
Like it, it's been, you know, whatever, 10 years since he managed the Cardinals. And like, believe it or not, baseball has changed a lot since 2011 or 2010 or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, should somebody else have known? Absolutely. Um, I actually, I, I doubt, like, I, I find it really hard to believe that nobody knew. Um, and I think what really happened is that nobody wanted to correct a Hall of Famer baseball person on, on baseball <laughs> rules. I think that's really what the issue was here. Um, do I think people are piling on? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Do I think he deserves it? Absolutely. Um, because even if he didn't know that rule, he still could have just done like a regular pitch runner. Uh, so really no excuse to have your pitcher running in that situation, even if you didn't know that rule. Callie? Well, I think y'all are just cowards. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> Liam Hendricks is an athlete, y'all. He played high school's <laughs> football, a.k.a. real football. He can run. I don't see why it's a big deal. I doubt they had – really, who was – Laz, you're the White Sox fan. Who was on their bench? Who really was – was there any plus speedsters there? Who was the no. guy who behind him? Danny Mendick? He's not a good speeder. <laughs> Problem was Billy <laughs> Hamilton was in the lineup. So. <laughs> All right, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. All right, so I see the issue. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a major issue, especially at that point in the game. But like Joey said, the largest, it, the biggest red flag to me is either nobody else in the dugout knew the rule, which shows a major lack of under preparedness by the entire uh, coaching staff or somebody knew the rule and they were too scared or too worried to tell Larusa this rule, which is not a good sign for the clubhouse atmosphere that Larusa has developed. Yeah. And, and you don't have to give me any points for this, but just like on a, on a relatively serious note, like this is, he has made like several noticeable blunders and and he has made comments that are are ridiculously like like I don't want to say like just boomer takes but like so not analytically inclined and just so like stuck in my ways from the past that uh if this was a solo event if this was one event in the season yes I would still be crying laughing but it wouldn't be like you know what I mean it it wouldn't be like a, a whole like thing but because because he has had numerous actual like serious we can point to and be like it, it happened against the tigers literally it happened against the t- ridiculous bullpen management like historically ancient uh strategy of 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 managing a bullpen and, and it's happened multiple times so I, I think the reason that it's a concern is because of that not because of the solo instance that doesn't make the solo instance any less hilarious though a guy who bats Adam Eaton second in 2021 deserves very little leeway. What about a guy who batted Adam Eaton second in 2020 and continues to make mistakes as well? Yeah, I think we like, need to get Matthew, noted Nationals fan, Matthew Penn. Dude, we're firing, we're firing the hashtag FireDavy back up. We're firing it back up. <laughs> it never should have been fired down, honestly. <laughs> I think the- I think the biggest thing with this, just to kind of put a bow on this again, I can't believe I put this in the rundown that I created. You're a very um, great man, Lass. Yeah, I try my best. I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I when I when we started this, I think the initial frustration was the process. I kind of sat there. I was like, all right, he'll probably be fine. Um, but but it's very clear he's come back with, um, 
I, I guess, a chip on his shoulder of sorts. I don't think that's necessarily the best way to say it. But kind of saying, like, the way I did it is how it should be done even today. And I, I think you're starting to see that where, you know, it, it, if LaRusso was a little more willing to adapt, I, I, I think me saying he would have been fine was probably would have been true. I, I think the biggest thing is he's trying to prove that managing like he did in the 2000s is what would work now. And I think we're seeing many instances in which that's not the case. You know, with a lineup so good, even with Robert and Jimenez out, to, to not put your team consistently in a position to win, like it's still going to be, be seen very clearly. You can't just wipe away some of the decisions he makes because, oh, you got two guys out. No, you're not putting your team in the best position to win every night. And, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I like I said, I, I totally agree. Forget I'm sure it's a manager show in the south side. Right. I, I think that's the biggest problem is that, again, you, you came back with a vendetta, I guess. Maybe it's vendetta about wanting to show how to manage the game as if it's still the 2000s. I don't think it's going it's not, to. It's not working. Um, but but the team is good enough to come over from it. Say what? I can't wait for the 30 for 30 on his time in Chicago. Yeah, right. He ain't getting that. Yeah. Let's, ho- let's, hope, let's hope there's no 30 for 30 on this. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. Let's just yeah, we'll see where this goes. But inning five. Fact or fiction? The Minnesota Twins, who are currently 12 and 20, are in a world of trouble now with Byron Buxton heading to the injured list with a... Um, Hip, or hip strain of some sorts, very similar to Luis Roberts' injury. Um, teams 12 and 20, they just lost their MVP caliber player. Um, we will start with Callie. Your thoughts? 12 and 20? That can't be right. The Twins are 12 and their 20. Record? Yeah, that's the record. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, they're screwed then. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought they were at least around 500, but no, they're screwed. They, Buxton was their only hitter with more than one F4. Their pitching is the bottom five in the league. The only way I can really see them clawing out of this hole, especially now that Buxton's gone, is if Donaldson returns to his Blue Jays or A's form. Because he's only played... Mm, he, not many games. He only he has less than a hundred plate appearances, or if he d- has more, he's just at the line. They don't have the depth they did when they were the Bomba squad. They still have Cruz, but he can't power an entire offense himself. I mean, Luis Arias, he's a pest who's annoying to uh, pitch against, but he's not going to be an MVP candidate like Buxton was. I think they're in a lot of trouble right now, especially with that pitching staff, and if it continues to be bottom five in the league. Scott? Yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I, I, um, like, I, I don't want this to be like cheesy, but like, I feel like they were in a, 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 like, there were a lot of red flags before this injury. Their pitching has imploded. Like, we all knew coming into this season that this was going to be a, a team. I, I mean, I can remember, Laz, when we were, did the AL Central, um, like, preview pod. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the Twins, how we all kind of said, like, this offense will carry them to great things. They will probably still make the playoffs, but when they do, the the pitching will be the reason they don't win a playoff series, but it won't be so bad that it will prevent them from, from making the playoffs. And it has just absolutely imploded on itself. Their pitching has been horrific. 
Uh, and and it doesn't. Ha- it's not like they're they're losing games. You know, fifteen to twelve either. Like their offense has not exactly been great. Really, outside of again, like Callie said, Buxton and Cruz. Um, they they have. We have to remember they still have a lot of easy wins against the Tigers. So like they 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 will at least find their level a little bit. They just played them last weekend uh, or this weekend. Um, rained out on Mother's Day, so so we split one one. Uh, but but I guess maybe I should just say that they, they should be incredibly scared if they're losing games to the Tigers. That might actually be more more uh, more accurate. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think that they have a lot of bigger problems uh, as a whole. Looking at kind of a macro version of it. Than they do just like, hey, Byron Buxton's out. Like we're, you know, we're gonna be in some trouble. I think that it's a it's a way bigger picture issue than that. And Joey, yeah, I have a very similar response. I mean, the first thing I read, the first thing I thought when I read this question is, well, are they not in trouble already? Like they're they're in fourth place. They're six and a half back of Chicago, um, and they're only three games ahead of the worst team in baseball, the Detroit Tigers. Um, it, it, they're just not in a good situation. The run differential is actually not terrible. The Pythagorean win loss has them at sixteen and sixteen. Um, so they I, I, they have had some pretty bad luck, um, as well as this is something I don't remember where I saw this, but they're in games in the seven inning doubleheaders and in extra inning games are like zero and ten or zero and eleven, something stupid like that. And then there are a couple games over five hundred in regular nine inning games. Um, so they're they're getting pretty unlucky. Obviously, that doesn't win you games. Luck doesn't help. Hopefully for them, that will, you know, even out a little bit. Hopefully they'll get Byron Buxton back. I don't know who they're going to have play center field. Jake Cave, I guess. He could not hit a beach ball right now. I mean, if you put him on like a Little League team, that's probably the only time you'd get him OPSing over like 550. So um, he stinks. That's homer against the Tigers, by the way. Continue. Yeah, well, the Tigers stink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I mean, they just called up Trevor Larnock, who, who's supposed to be pretty good. And then they have Kira Loft and Garlic. But those guys are all corner outfielders. Those are guys that have actually been hitting this year, in, albeit small sample sizes, but they don't have a center fielder. And just beyond that, this is the story of Byron Buxton's career. I mean, it's just so sad. This guy, he has so much talent, so much potential. I mean, we see it. He had like two, 2.3 or something F4 in the first month of the season, which is just completely preposterous. Um, and then he goes and gets hurt. So... Unfortunately, this is something I've kind of come to expect from him. Um, it, 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 I, I just feel like an MVP full season for Byron Buxton, it's, it's too good to be true. And I, I, unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to ever have the opportunity to do that. At minimum, the Twins should be 13 and 19 because one of their losses came in some BS extra innings when they literally threw the game away when their third baseman had a throwing error on what should have been in easy inning ending uh, yeah but i mean play at the same time though their best pitcher this year has been jay half who's 38 years old um and just isn't that good yeah. um so that's noted, a small step, I think, too but noted yankee legend jay half yeah they're just in they're in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah i i think between some of the late inning bullpen not management but bullpen performance as well as the starting pitching hasn't been all that awesome and the offense outside of Buxton wasn't all that awesome it feels like a lot of things are still skidding and you know teams in the AL Central right now White Sox have a series this week with the Twins you have to take advantage and bury them while you can because they're going to put it together in some form 
at some point during the season, it'll just be, is it too late at that point? Um, so I, I think teams need to look at this and say, you know, it's kind of like you're smelling blood in the water. Like, get it, get these wins now. Um, I, I think they should be worried without Buxton because, like we all said, he's having an MVP type season. Um, and it's hopefully something you don't see prolonged and he can come back on the field and he can play and the, the twins can figure themselves out. But without him, I, I think it's going to be very hard to do. Inning six, as we head towards the back half here, who had the better, here's an easy way to win some free points. Who had the better pitchers who rake performance this week? Huskari Noah with his grand slam against the nationals or Dylan cease with his three for three performance against the Reds. We will start with Cali. Well, not only is it a White Sox pitcher, it's still in C. So Laz is going absolutely crazy over this. <laughs> you got to go with the larger sample size, obviously. You got to go with the three for three day by C's. Also, you know, who was he playing against? It doesn't really matter. Braves, they play in a weak division. White Sox, they play in the best division in baseball. Every team in there is elite. So for Cease to have the day he did is just simply incredible. And he really, honestly, honestly, he's better than Ted Williams. He's better than Barry Bonds. He's better than Babe Ruth for that day alone. Honestly, that, that plaque better be ready by next week because he's going in Cooperstown soon. Well, I would say he's going to Cooperstown too soon, but he's never going to go into Cooperstown too soon because to, in order to get into the Hall of Fame, you have to retire. And after Cease has a 40-year career as a pitcher, putting up 250 F1, he's going to transition to hitting and then become just incredible. Cal, you're in some free points there. Scott, <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, my answer is no. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly what... Matthew Penn wants. This is exactly what what National League fan wants. This is absolutely ridiculous. The answer is neither because pitchers hitting is stupid and dumb and should go away. Which one's more impressive? No. That's my answer. This should not be a thing. That, that The only reason that this is even a hashtag is because it happens whatever, like once a month, some pitcher does something they, they, they have a collective batting average of like 100, and it, half of it is on bunts. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's not more fun. It's not because it's an automatic out 98% of the time. It's stupid. It needs to go away. And uh, my answer, again, is no. I will say, you know, I, I am very pro-universal DH. I had fun for one night, and then the next day when I saw Liam Hendricks have to run at second base, I quickly realized, oh, I don't want this. This is why. That's right. Joey, what you got? I mean, I think, if anything, the fact that somebody like Dylan Seas can go three, three for three in an MLB game is proof that, you know, maybe pitchers should just be better hitters. I mean, Dylan Seas hasn't hit competitively in a game since high school, and he can go out there and go three for three. I mean, come on, what are we doing? Like, obviously, <laughs> pitchers should just be hitting better. And I mean, Huascar and you know, hit one of the farthest balls I've ever seen hit to dead center field at Nats Park. I mean, I've watched a lot of Nats games. Like, I mean, he hit like a Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, like type distance home run. I mean, that thing was ridiculous, and it was super clutch. Um, unfortunately, it was off my guy Tanner Rainey, who actually kind of sucked this year. Um, but I still think he's your guy. Oh so, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, <laughs> none of my guys are good this year. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely Dylan sees more impressive. I mean, come on, the guy hasn't hit since high school. Um, you know, I've been at the age. What, what else more is there to say? Let's go. Let's do it. I like it. Good uh, brownie point answers. Scott, I appreciate you st- staying true to you. As we head to the seventh inning here, Scott with 46 points, Joey with 43, Kelly with 40. It is anybody's game. We've played a month of baseball, and we've seen a lot of power rankings from week to week. We've seen them shift. We've seen some similar names at the top. We've seen some surprising names at the top. As of right now, in each of your opinions, who are the top five teams in baseball? We will start with Callie. Well, number one, it's pretty. it should be pretty obvious to anybody. It's still the Dodgers. They're, they just have too much talent to not be good, both on the pitching side and on the hitting side. Bellinger, he's been out for since like the start of the year, really, because of that collision at first base against the A's. Sorry about that. But just they've underperformed just in general, and that's not going to last because their talent level is through the roof. Next, I have the Yankees. Their pitching has been actually very surprising. Cole's been great. Uh, and the hodgepodge of players they have pitching behind him, it's not been bad. It's just hasn't been stable. And it's not ideal to not have stable pitching, but I would rather have good, unstable pitching than bad, stable pitching. Just ask Scott, he can relate. <laughs> Next, I have the <laughs> Mets. Now, they've been just on fire pitching-wise because, and that rotation, it's just killer. Unfortunately, DeGrom may be her, but honestly, they might be the one team that can handle a DeGrom-level injury because they have Carrasco, they have Syndergaard coming back from injury. David Peterson, he's been all right. Uh, that offense, like I said before, is too good to not be one of the best in baseball. What's really sunk the Mets the past years has been their unreliable pitching, but th- that's what they have this year. And what's underperformed them so far has been their offense, and that's not going to last. I can tell you that for sure. Then I have Boston, an- a team that, you know, big surprise, we didn't expect their pitching to be this good. Their offense is legit for sure, but... Their pitching has been the real surprise, and I think that's going to be what is going to really lead them to the playoffs. Nick Pavetta is going to win the Cy Young, obviously, no doubt about that in my mind. He's just the best. Uh, but, yeah, their offense, no easy outs, no medium outs either. It's just a lot of really top uh, top-tier hitters all the way down. Then I have the Chicago White Sox. The only reason I have them last is because that man in the dugout holding them back. They have one of the most underrated bullpens in baseball they have for the past few years. Even with uh, Jimenez and Robert out, their offense is still great. And, of course, their pitching staff is incredible. Giolito, what really more can you say about him? Rondon, he's second in baseball in ERA, just behind DeGrom. He's going to overtake him soon, obviously, because he's better than DeGrom. The White Sox are going to easily win the Central this year and easily make a run to the World Series. Good job at the end there, Kelly. Get some uh, brownie points. Joey, your top five teams. Yeah, so I also have the Dodgers number one. I mean, they're just – they're too good. They're too good not to have number one. Um I feel like having other, any other team number one is just a disgrace, honestly. I, they're just too good, and they've got too many dudes with a capital B. Um, at number two is another NOS team, and I'm about to decide which one it is. I guess I'm going to go with the Padres. 
Um, I also think that they're just too good. They have too much talent. I mean, Tatis and, I mean, Cronenworth hit, hit a kayak with a baseball today in, in San Francisco, which is just stupid. Um, as much as I don't like Cronenworth because he went to Michigan. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, number three, actually, I have the White Sox. Um, and, and here's the reason why. Because I truly believe that if the White Sox had hired A.J. Hinch this winter, that they would be, I mean, they would be a 100-win team. They really would. Um, and with if with Robert and Jimenez healthy, um, which obviously they aren't, but with them healthy, they would be, I truly believe they would be a 100-win team. Um, however, they're not, but they're still really good. Obviously, like Kelly just said, they've got that offense and that pitching staff. I'm a little worried about what's going to happen here. Um, you know, with these injuries, I don't, I really hope Billy Hamilton does play center field for them because that makes them, me putting them at number three look really bad. Um, but that might happen. Uh, and then four, I have Boston. Uh, I really like their lineup. And obviously, and I mean, Cali Grimmett said everything there is to say about them. Nick Pavetta has just been absolutely remarkable. Garrett Whitlock is one of probably the grossest pitcher you've never heard of. Um, and I, I really like Alex Verdugo. I actually think he was a really good throw-in that, that Heim got for, for Mookie Betts in that trade. Um, and then five, I'm, I'm going to digress a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with the Giants at five. I, this isn't really like a true talent um, sort of ranking, but I figured I'd, I'd probably pick somebody who's hot. Um, the Giants are super hot. I mean, Crawford and Belt are just hitting out of their minds, which is stupid. I mean, what is it, 2012? Like, come on. Um, but Gosman and and Cueto and that other guy, they just have random pitchers just putting up numbers. So um, they're pretty good. Honorable mentions uh, go to both the New York teams, but I don't like them. So <laughs> I didn't rank them. I respect it. <laughs> Scott. This is just a complete sellout show is what's happening. Uh, That's not even true. <laughs> really? Let's go over what you said. You literally said if they did nine things, they'd be really good. And that's why no, they're at they three. No, if they did one thing. If they did one thing. That they didn't do. If they were they healthy and if they hired A.J. Hinch and yeah. if both of these injuries people were healthy, they'd be really good. But none of those things are true. So no, they're absolutely nowhere near the top five. That's preposterous. Um, number one is still the Dodgers. Absolutely. Um, that talent, true talent is just too high. Uh, they're also very deep and that's kind of what we're seeing right now, even with all these injuries. Uh, and they have been granted, uh, sliding a little bit because they don't have all their, their star players, but we're seeing this depth. We're seeing Lux getting everyday playing time and stuff. And, and we're just seeing how truly talented and deep they are. Uh, the Yankees I'm going to have it too. Uh, they got up to a really slow start and people were calling for like sell the entire franchise or whatever, just like ridiculous Yankees fans that are beyond impatient. Uh, water's starting to find its level. They're starting to get hot again. Their bullpen has been a great surprise, not surprise. I mean, they have dudes back there, but like it's, it's at like a whole nother level of like incredible Chapman, especially just, just as a whole. Uh, three, I'm going to go back to the NL West and just go back to the Padres. Uh, that's another team incredibly deep, incredibly talented. Uh, it, it's kind of wild to me that that uh, I still believe that we could see like a, a borderline 100-win wildcard team out of that division just because of how good those two teams are. Um, and then I have a, a pretty noticeable drop-off. And then four and five is, is where it gets really interesting. Uh, four 
to the dismay of Cali, I'm going to go with the Houston Astros. I still think that's a really good team. Um, and I, I, their offense has just been ridiculous lately. Like the last couple of weeks, that offense has just been, been insane. Uh, one of the, one of the highest runs scored total, um, in, in the league lately. Uh, and, and, you know, pr- their pitching while it wasn't their strong suit coming into the season has obviously been good enough and been serviceable enough to, to, to not get, uh, to not like shadow over, um, the offense in a negative way. So I'm going to have them as my four. And then my five is, is probably not going to be super popular, but I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. And like, I hate the St. Louis Cardinals. Anybody that knows me knows that that is, that is one of my least favorite franchises in all the sports. I despise them. Um, and, and off true talent, they might not be the fifth best team in base in baseball. Uh, but I just think in that division, I think they're just going to keep separating themselves and they're going to keep playing NL central teams and keep winning a majority of them. I think that's the best team in that division. And I think when it's all said and done, we're probably going to look back again. They might not be the fifth most talented team, but I think they're going to win 95 and win the division. And and I think that's probably a, a safe enough pick to have at five honorable mentions. Uh, the white Sox are like 23 or something somewhere in that range. Uh, so that'll be around where they are just an absolute fraudulent franchise. Um, so uh, Tim Anderson swung at a ball that like hit the backstop. The dude can't take a walk to save his life. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, very different power rankings out of all three of you, which I actually found very yeah. interesting. Very different ways of doing it as well as just very different names on the list. Cardinals are actually a very surprising team. Scott, if you didn't lose so many points, you probably would have won it. But <laughs> well, in I our definitely new... would have. I only lost by three, and I lost like 26 points or something. <laughs> Joey, with the win in the inaugural new format of yes, seven I did all that sucking up to you. I, I talked up Bill and Cease. I talked up the White Sox. I talked up their bullpen. And this is how you repay me? It's nonsense! <laughs> I meant none of it. I know you didn't. That's why you didn't win. <laughs> Kelly, I've known you for too long. I can see. So congratulations, though, to Joey. And as your prize, which is about the extent of what you get with prizes on this show, what to watch for this week, you get to lead us off. So you tell the fans as we wrap up our show here. What you're going to be watching this week? Yeah, so uh, I actually have a, I think, a pretty unconventional pick. I, I, I was looking at the schedule for this week, and I only saw two games between these teams, Monday and Tuesday. Um, but I'm definitely going to be watching Rangers and Giants, and here's why. Um, first of all, if you don't, you know, the Rangers are 500, which we talked about earlier, which is incredibly surprising. Um, if you haven't seen Adolis Garcia yet, that dude is absolutely on fire he hit his ninth home run of the season today um i mean they've just got so many fun guys to watch joey gallo it bunted for a hit against the shift today which you know ugh, bunting but yay you know getting hits i guess um but also uh isaiah kiner falefa who i wrote an article about last week has been really hot um you know he's going to be one of the best shortstops in the league this year next year and going forward um, and then the Giants pitching staff, like we talked about, um, and then Crawford and Bell are super hot. So it's really just two pretty hot teams. One, I think, is clearly more talented than the other. Um, 
But, you know, I think the Rangers could uh, could surprise the people and take two from a first-place team this week. I was going to say, Connor Falafa was a little bit of a pest when the Sox played him. He's, uh, he's yeah. a good little ball player. I, I did yeah, not yeah. realize that. He's been around for a while. Uh, I, I did not realize how good of a ball player he's become. Yes, because so that, they made him That'll be a catch. fun matchup. Yeah, they stuck him at catcher. And yeah, and he's a gold glove gold glove caliber shortstop that they're right. catching. Instead, it's El- it over at Elvis Andrews playing shortstop over Isaiah kind of left. Just so. sacrilege. But. No, that'll be a good match. I agree. So, Scott, what are you watching this week? Uh, so my biggest games, Yankees Rays is just always super fun whenever mm-hmm. it's on. So that that's going to be pretty high on my list. Uh, probably some decent pitching matchups in there. Um, that that's just always a really fun one. The Rays always uh, always. I don't want to say play up because I feel like that's disrespectful to the Rays and, and how good they've been. But like you get the point. Um, the uh, the other one, Twins White Sox, is honestly like that's a that's. I feel like outside of the AL Central, people don't really realize that that's kind of a big rivalry and like has been for 20 years. Um, I, I feel like uh, outside people that aren't fans of AL Central teams don't really uh, acknowledge that rivalry as a as a pretty darn good one. So that's that'll be uh, that'll be up there again. Some some well some on paper good pitching matchups. But we've talked about the Twins pitching woes um, already, and then uh, I had another one. Um, Clearly, it wasn't as good. Oh, <laughs> Angels Astros uh, is always a, another really good one. Uh, that they always they're not too fond of each other. Uh, no one's really fond of the Astros these days, obviously. But interdivision um, uh, Angels, you know, trying to trying to get back on track and and get kind of to the to the at least mid pack of of that really competitive for some reason mm-hmm. division. Um, and, and yeah, Houston is, is obviously it's, it's kind of always fun when, when anyone that has to play the Astros that doesn't like the Astros, whenever, whenever that game happens, it's always usually a riot. So those are my, uh, those are my biggest three. And then honestly, if you just want to see like the worst product you've ever seen in your life and just like see how bad a team can really get, just watch Tigers versus whoever they play. I think it's Royals and Cubs this week. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like just just if you if you want to like feel better about your team, you could literally be a Pirates fan. If you want to be or a Rockies fan, <laughs> if you want to feel better about your team and like man, like after watching that, I'd really feel better about the state my team is in. Just just flip on the Tigers for like three innings. That's usually all it takes, and then you'll feel better about yourself. So, I will say that outside of the. Uh, sad stuff going on in Detroit these days. Twins White Sox is a good temperature check for both teams. Just mm-hmm. both a little banged up um, injury wise. Both in some cases, some more than others, underperforming what expectations were. Um, kind of get a good gauge of where everyone's at. I think it's an important one, especially for the Sox if they're trying to separate themselves from the Twins because every game is going to matter. Um, burying them early is going to be important. So. For sure. Last but certainly not least, Callie Sai, what are you watching this week? Um, I had one, but I'm gonna have to ignore it. I'll I'll tell you it quickly. Uh, Sean Manai, he was he worked a perfect game into the eighth mm-hmm. last time he pitched. Uh, keep an eye on him for one next time. But what I'm really interested to see, Dylan C starts tomorrow. So tomorrow, on the day we're recording this, it's going to be the day this comes out. I'm re- I'm very excited to see him give up 10 runs without recording a single out. Against- 
Callie, just remember that next time you're on this, I will certainly remember. Don't that is not worry. where I thought that was going. <laughs> I had a feeling it was, but incredible. Uh, Can I just say I'm I'm impressed we made a whole baseball podcast in 2021 without talking about Shohei Otani. I was gonna say like he he's a consistent. He's been a consistent top. I mean, I think that we're just like used to him, like having an ERA under three and an OPS over 900 at this point, which is just so ridiculous. Ridiculous. I love that guy. I tell all the, all my, my friends that aren't like super into baseball. I tell like, I, I chew their ear off about him, man. Like he is, he is so good for baseball and, and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. People that, people that aren't as invested in the sport as us don't really have a concept of, of how truly ridiculous and insane what he's doing is. And like, we've never seen it before and may never see it again. Just, uh, he's, he's unreal. He's, it's literally history. Every time he does everything, it's, it's oh, truly unreal. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at Mr. Socialite over here bragging about having such a large friend group. He has friends that aren't into baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, it, I, I think we have become desensitized to this at this point. Um, because what he does consistently is incredibly impressive. It's it's a pain to pitch to him, and it's a pain to hit against him. And not too many guys ever will be able to say that. Um, he, he's certainly impressive, and he's certainly someone that, you know, we might not mention it every week, but you get a chance to watch Shohei Otani play baseball, you should probably take it. Yeah, especially if Jared Walsh comes up in the bottom of the ninth in the same game. That's usually a, a recipe for success. Um muting you <laughs> um that's gonna do it for us baseball fans um another great episode here plenty to talk about plenty to watch this week um and, and as usual we'll have plenty of content coming out this week if you're watching this check out the little ticker below that's there to help me remember where <laughs> all of our stuff can be found at the website diamond-digest.com make sure to find out where all our talented writers are and what they're talking about and what they're writing about twitter at diamond underscore digest instagram diamond dot digest we've got content everywhere and we think you're gonna love it and we certainly hope you do so for that guy that i can't believe i let on again scott bentley for joey bully today's winner and Callie side today's big liar apparently this is jordan lazowski <laughs> signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you as always next week. Take care. We'll see you soon.